All right, Kiss Army. Welcome to the Kiss FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today. Nothing is into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a Kiss-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Still love it loud? So do we. Rockin' Pod returns to Nashville on Saturday, August 25th. Over 25 rock podcasts from all over North America. Recording on-site. Vinyl and memorabilia dealers selling the best in rock merchandise. And awesome rock musicians and personalities participating in signing sessions and on-stage panel discussions throughout the day. Special guests include current and former members of Korn, Kiss, Angel, Winger, Loudness, Except, Bang Tang. Kick Tracy, as well as producers that have worked with Slayer, Ozzy, Alice Cooper, Seven Dust, and many more. More guests being added weekly. Don't miss your chance to be part of an awesome celebration of all things rock. Rock and Pod takes place at the legendary Nashville Palace, August 25th, 2018. More details available at rockandpod.com. That's R-O-C-K-N-P-O-D.com. The Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. Brought to you by Blind Tiger Record Club. School of Rock Nashville and School of Rock Franklin, a DBG Productions event. So you're keen on music? Yes! Welcome to episode 184 of the KISS FAQ podcast. I'm your host as usual these days, Julia Gill Admin on the KISS FAQ cesspool. And hey, stranger, welcome back. Hey, Before long you... time no see. Yeah, so Lonnie's... Um, St. Louis Kiss, of course, on the board, and Marcus Almighty, Mark. Greetings. And in the top corner, weighing in at tons of reason, the voice of reason, 69th Blizzard Ken. Good to see you guys. Hello. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, just get some Kiss FAQ bullshit admin out of the way. Um, if you've ordered a copy of the Gene Simmons Vault Supplement, all copies are in the post as of this morning. Thank you all for your orders. It's now out of my hands. Uh, your tracking numbers are available on your PayPal transaction. If you haven't received an automated notification from e- uh, from, from PayPal because that's uh, where I do all the shipping from, so you can find out where it is there. It's out of my hands. I have no control over the USPS. I've had some copies that have made it to New York and come back to L.A. and then gone back to where they're supposed to go. I've had one that's been to L.A. twice so far and is on its way to the Midwest. Out of my hands. It's nothing to do with me. So please be patient. Um, obviously it shows up in tracking in your PayPal transaction. So screaming at them won't get anything to happen because it's in transit. So please be patient. Hopefully it'll be worth the wait. And if anything does happen and they get lost, then we'll deal with that. That's uh, you will be taken care of. It is as simple as that. As I like to say, another thing, the 2018 rock and pod expo is of course happening. And I was going to do some of these for, the Nashville Expo that got cancelled with uh, that person on the cover who was going to be a guest. And then for the Rock and Pod, that obviously is not going to happen either. So I've licensed the photo. I'm not going to now be able to use it. Uh, so there's one copy. And that is the one copy that's going up on eBay. If you're interested in owning that, it's the latest version of the manuscript. I've shrunk it down a little bit more just with reformatting. Um, the proceeds will benefit the 2018 Rock and Pod Expo. And finally, before I shut up, um, 
got this nifty little item. I don't know how well you can see that. But one thing I've mentioned on previous shows that no one is doing, that I think they should be doing, is bring back the 1970s-style autograph books. At the moment, we've got all these expos with all these people showing up that are connected to history, and you're getting little onesie-twosie items being signed. I want to get all my autographs in one place, so I've got a KISS FAQ autograph book, and there you can see the illustration I've had done for the cover of that. It's hardcover, 150 pages. If you're interested, uh, talk on the uh, threads on Facebook, and I'll see if it's worthwhile making these available. Uh, they're not going to be cheap because they are hardcover 8x8, but... Uh, you know, in future for everything else that's happening the rest of this year and as we go into 2019 and whatever happens then, I want to collect as many autographs in one place. And it would have been great to have that for Indy. What a fucking numb nut to not think of that before then. Or actually not <laughs> to have not done it before Indy, but there you go. Um, Mark, any news in your neck of the woods? Um, well, last night I had a lightning bolt hit me and I started writing a bunch of lyrics last night, so I have about a ton of them written now. Um, <clears throat> so I started writing uh, again a little bit more this morning, and I started checking them up against the music that I've written, and so far, so good. Uh, four of them that I've written, out of the four I've written, three of them seem to line up good with some music. One of them is a little eh, so I'm going to have to rewrite that one a bit, but it's going good. I'm, I'm going to actually start recording vocals probably on Friday. So it's getting close to the end. Cool. Did your backbone slip in any of these lyrics? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no uh, backbone slide. <laughs> okay, that's, that's a relief. So this show today is going to be all about Lonnie. It's, <laughs> you know, we, we've missed him. We haven't had one of these nice little get-togethers that we have on Thursdays, you know, for a, a little while. I mean, obviously, last time I saw you was in person. So, um, sure. You know, I want to bring in some topics that you want to talk about, and that's Ken and Mark as well. You know, just some stuff a little bit more random, a little bit less structured than we usually do, to thinking about what we want to talk about before we actually talk about it, and just go from there and see how it works. So, Lonnie, what's on your well, mind? Well, Julian, hold on a second here. You're forgetting something. What? You're supposed to show the latest items you've gotten. Oh, I didn't buy anything, so... So we're skipping that this week because Julian's Oh, I get it. <laughs> Julian's an ass. Uh -huh. Therefore, well, thank you, Ken, for that nice and subtle reminder to uh, um, Ken. What you got this week? Well, what I got, you know what? It's funny. I did, it's funny I that I should it. ask you that. I didn't get anything new this week, but uh, I decided since I didn't have anything new, I, I just pull out something old um, that I got. Probably late 70s. Um, so these are uh, some necklaces. Let's see if I can. There's one here. Uh, that looks German. Yeah, but it has a kiss uh, in the middle. Kiss. Oh yeah, it looks German, doesn't it? Um, so yeah. that's a that's a kiss necklace. Here's another one. Uh, this one. It's like a lightning bolt. Okay. Okay. These are all things that were available back then. I back, just, I didn't, back when? I think I only wore one of them, a lightning bolt. Those make good earrings for the lady. And this one, this is a kind of cool one. This is a boot. A, the boot with a little kiss thing, a logo. Thing That'd make a good keychain. Yeah. Now, this is not kiss, but uh, I thought Mark would enjoy this because I had this uh -oh. one I found. So, oh, oh, the, oh nice. Oh, oh, it's the back. 
The Rush go. Star. Yes. There we go. Every every self uh uh any person last who one. appreciates prog should have one of those. Yeah. Okay. So last one. This is uh. I'm gonna let you read it. It's kind of blurry, but it says the Beatles in there. It's color. So that's it. So those were our old necklaces that they had available back then, and I don't know. I was digging through my Kiss lunchbox <laughs> and found them in there. There you have it. So. Mark, what about you? You added anything in vinyl-wise this week, or have you just been focusing actually, on your own? Yeah, actually, it's funny because I found a couple of things uh, just purely out of coincidence. I wasn't even really looking, and I just kind of stumbled upon a few things. One thing that I got that I hadn't had, I had it on VHS for a long time, and I finally found somewhere that had this on DVD cheap, was the second coming. Mm-hmm. So I finally got that on DVD for myself, thank God. So Wait, what? Seriously? You just got yeah, that? I don't... I, I didn't have it on. I had it on VHS for the longest time, right? And didn't I, have a DVD I, player. Yeah, I do. I have a Blu-ray player, but <laughs> okay. I, I I didn't I didn't end up buying yeah. this because I'd seen it so many thousands of times. It's not like I'm really you know jonesing sure. to see it. So, but I got it now that I have it for my collection. But there were a few things that I found out in the wild. Actually, one thing was an order, and all of them ironically are the same album but different variations. So I got in my Japanese love gun. Oh, that's nice of the uh, the larger Obi. I like that. Yeah. And uh, there's the thing if you want to see. Bye, Lottie. And I got this here, which I believe, yeah, this is a RCA Record Club pressing. It's not in the best shape. And as you can see on the top corner here, I got it for a whole $3. Nice. Three dollars Canadian. Yeah. Damn, that's like fifteen cents. <laughs> and I got one other one here, which I'm kind of a little confused about. Maybe you can help me out with this, Julian. Um, I got this pressing here of Love Gun, right? Okay. But on the but on the side here, like on the back here, it says that it's marketed by Polydor at the bottom here, eh? Yes, yeah, so that's Canadian. Mm. But. It has this thing now here on the side here. If I can get that in there, that sort of. It's got, uh, st- okay. it's got the sticker. Yeah, so that's a transitional copy. Okay, and as I found that was kind of interesting too because on the vinyl here, I'll take it out just to show you really quick. That's actually um, for. Uh, make sure you post that one up on uh, Kiss My Wax because I'm sure there'll be quite a lot of people who want to talk about something like that, especially having mm. the sticker as a transition yeah, yeah. between distribution companies. So there's oh, there yeah. That's got. Is that the quality? Yeah. So. Or is that yeah, the, and it has, but it doesn't have the guys on it either, which I guess is normal for this. So. That's that's so very what? interesting. Get some photos of that because that's a that's a good uh, discussion point. And that's really kind of no. more in Tom's scope. Yeah. While while Lonnie is is playing with things over there, um, Mark, question about yeah. the RCA one. The RCA one. Have you yeah. looked at the tr- track listing on the stickers? So I believe I have an RCA also uh, that's Love Gun, and it's misprinted on the on one of the. I think it's the it's out of order. It has like Got Love for Sale on side two instead of side one. As this on one, the label. This one it, is It was a misprint. This Everything correct, looks correct? Okay. Yeah. All right. I was just wondering about that. Okay. 
That's cool. I mean, I, I had one of those recently, and I, I can't remember if I sold it in India or whether it's still in the box over there, um, or whether I used it as packing material for a more expensive purchase, so it's a shame. I didn't know there were any misprints. I don't pay attention anymore. I'm just so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, and it's funny because I, the one I found at an antique place, that $3 one, you know, was some older gentleman who didn't, who could care less about Kiss, so he's like, yeah, $3, that's fine, you know. So I, I got that. that and, yeah. <laughs> And then that other one I found at another record used record store, and I thought it was interesting. Mainly it caught my eye because it didn't have the Love Gun like them on the center label, so I thought that was kind of odd. And plus that sticker, I wasn't too familiar with what that meant. So no, that's that's very neat. You know, like I said, get it up on Kiss My Wax or on the Rockologists, you know, for discussion because uh, you know. I always like to be backed up by peer opinion or be corrected, so I learn something because then it's more fun for me. So I think yeah. that's I think that's transitional with the sticker. Let's see what uh, pe uh, people with maybe a broader knowledge base know, and then of course as now it, we're required to. If I'm wrong, we'll have to call them names. So <laughs> there we go. So I, I like I said, I bought nothing this week. I did. This is the only thing that came in the mail. I finally got myself the Metallica Metall demo record stereo day cassette, which I can't bring nice. myself to open to to rip. All right, let's get back to Lonnie, since uh, this show's all about him. Well, I bought a house this week, so that's what I bought. But... Yeah, so uh, let's Very talk, nice. let's talk so, about your kiss room. You know how how well, big how big is it going to be? And, that's uh, actually that's actually a fun discussion. Um, <laughs> yeah, <I bet>. <laughs> <laughs> actually, it is. Um, so when you walk in, there's, you know, obviously there's, there's a main family room and off to the side, there's a small den. Okay. Mm. And my mom was in there, um, with us the other day. She's just kind of taking a tour and walking around and she goes, Oh, Becky, what are you going to do with this, with this den off to the side here? Is that going to be your office since you work from home? And she goes, um, well, no, Lonnie has decided that he's going to turn this into a music room. And... <laughs> <Music>. <laughs> And my, my mother looked at her like she had just snorted a line of coke. Like, are you freaking serious? <laughs> like, what has my son talked you into? And she looked at me and then she turns and looks at me and she goes, I thought the whole reason you two were moving was so that you wouldn't have to have kiss stuff everywhere, that it could be contained in the basement. <laughs> and I said, well, mom. The basement's not 100% completed yet, so this room off to the side will be my kiss room for now. So what I'm going to do is Julian gave me the idea. Is that oh, we're, I'm going to? I'm in trouble. I believe oh, Julian. No, Julian didn't give me the idea for the kiss room. Julian gave me this idea: is that I'm going to post on the board um, my kiss room being constructed from the ground up. Right now, it is a pastel um, green in that room right now. So Ooh, that's. Exactly. So that will be the first thing to be changed. And I'll post pictures as we go from before to after so we can see the transition and, and hopefully change I, colors. You have a, you have a color. Change colors like a you have a dark, color in mind? A, a, yeah, a black and a metallic, like a revenge room. Exactly. Um, <laughs> all, all of his decisions are going to be tempered by the question that he'll ask himself. Will my wife kill me if I do this? How much trouble will I be in if I do ask, this? Yes. Ask first. Yep. Can I talk myself out of this? <laughs> How much pain do I wish to endure? So, 
how much weaseling do I want to try to do this weekend? <laughs> well, if, since you love revenge, you, got, you should get one of those like gunmetal steel wallpaper and do the whole place like that. I'm yeah. not hanging fucking wallpaper. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> and Mark, that just won't fly anyway. That is like instantaneous death. That is like being <laughs> impaled on a spike death. Oh, gosh. Yeah. You would have watched me get really pissed off. Ask me to hang some wallpaper. Holy shit. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but no, it'll it'll be cool. Um, it's not a big room, but it's just gonna be enough to put my really cool stuff in, so it's not all boxed up for the time being. So it'll be it'll be good. So we'll post pictures as we go. Cool. I like how you say oh. we. You, you you really you really think <laughs> yeah. there's a we involved in that? No, my no. my wife is not on the board. <laughs> <laughs> that you know of. That I know of, maybe. <laughs> Maybe she's maybe I'm a, what's her alias? That could be a fun topic. Um, but I don't know. Let's let's talk about some other stuff. Julian said let's bring your own topics to the show. So I suggested a few things we could talk about. And the first thing that comes to, to my mind anyway is what is Paul Stanley up to? He's I don't I don't think he suddenly has a nostalgic just mood going on that he's posting all these classic kiss things so what why is he digging into these gems is it is it something about in correlation to the tour that's supposedly happening next year is it about a future kiss release is it about a future paul stanley release to compete with gene Simmons? i've heard <laughs> speculation of that i mean what do you guys think i don't think paul is just taking the time to dig through stuff for nostalgic purposes to just say, Hey, look at that. I'll share that with my fans, take a picture of it and move on. I, th I think there's more going on than, than just what meets the yeah. eye. What do you, what are your guys' thoughts? Well, I honestly, I, when, when you, when you uh, first kind of put that up as a talking point, I thought about it right away. And it, it almost seems to me now, of course I could be wrong. Obviously I wonder if almost it's one of these things where, he feels like Gene's having all the fun digging through the warehouse. It's almost like he wants to get involved now too and not give all the glory to Gene to find all this stuff, you know? It almost seems like he wants to get in on this kind of fun and excitement, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, I agree to a degree. Um, I, I don't know what he's doing with it. I think I mentioned it on our last show that... Um, I think, I don't know, I thought he was just getting nostalgic and maybe just, you know, finding things. But I'm hoping that he's doing something, he's going to do something with it where, you know, the fans, you know, give back to the fans. Um, not for free, of course. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, probably monetize it and hopefully make it part of a, a, a box set of some sort whether it's on Universal or whether it's a Rhino, possibly. Because uh, the vault thing is kind of, I think, a trial run. Maybe there'll be more uh, Rhino stuff coming. I hope. Yeah, that would be my hope, you know, that he, there is a purpose to, you know, digging through, the, you know, basically the, the scrap heap. Because, you know, Paul Stanley strikes me as someone who lives to win, someone who doesn't live in the past. He lives in the now and the thinking about what he wants to do, what he wants to accomplish. He always strikes me as a very driven personality, regardless of where he's at in his life, regardless of the success that he's had uh, with his art, with his jewelry, with his uh, that little band called Kiss. Um, 
You know, so <laughs> there doesn't seem to be any reason why he would be doing something without a purpose. He doesn't, again, you know, if he could be painting paintings that he can then sell for thousands, he, why would he be rummaging around through the mothballs unless there's a reason? So from that, I extrapolate that there must be something going on. There must be a purpose, whether it's uh, to tease Gene with photos of cool stuff that fans then go gaga about on Twitter, because, ooh, there's the original <laughs> Kiss t-shirt, which I'm, I'm sorry, is a very cool thing to see. And you think about the band's history and how uh, so much was sold on Butterfields, all of a sudden Paul's turning that up, and then he's you know, throwing up a picture of a Wicked Lester tape that I don't think anyone knew about. Um, you know, I knew, I think, of every song title on there, bar one. But I did not know that there was an acoustic or a uh, basically a rehearsal tape of their catalog that they had recorded that anyone still had. And you would have thought that at some point someone would have mentioned something about that. Oh, well, we recorded every song we knew before we went in to, you know, <laughs> go into the studio. So that from that perspective to me was way more interesting than, you know, what he actually his purpose for doing that. I don't really care what his purpose was. Um Regardless of just saying that, you know, I'm sure he had a purpose, just to see that was reward enough and very cool. Now, what is the purpose? Is there some traveling museum that they're going to put together uh, when they hit the road in 2019? Are they going to, mm -hmm. you know, get away from the meet and greets and do a, you know, a private KISS museum experience for people uh, to get away from having to do that acoustic set, which is probably, to my way of thinking, run its course. So are they now thinking of new things to do, saying, well, let's go on the road. We're going to take our time and do three years to do our final, final farewell. What can we do for added value, added revenue to replace that money that we're going to lose from having 50 to 100 people paying a thousand bucks ahead for the meet and greet? Well, what if we had 2000 people spending, you know, 500 to go through a private museum or something like that? All right. What you got, Paul? what you got gene you know and uh mm -hmm. maybe they're thinking something like that we could be we could be way off base obviously this is all you know the mm -hmm. whole object of these shows to everyone listening out there is just to talk about things that may be completely um bullshit <laughs> you know fan <laughs> well, fan dreams and whatnot but it's funny though i mean you, you mentioned something that kind of made me think for a second here is the Butterfields thing, when they did that, this was not a part of it, obviously, was it? This whole, this find that he just showed us now. No. So then, so I'm guessing, was this from his own personal thing or was it actually from a Kiss Warehouse find? Was that a personal find? That's what he suggested in his uh, mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. his post, yeah. that this was kind of private, private. I mean, there's a Kiss Warehouse that, you know, a lot of stuff is uh, stored at that some people have been in. But Gene's got his own private stash as well, as we know from... Mm -hmm. um, when Alan helped out getting things ready for the Japanese uh, expo that was done, what, 2016? You know, that Gene still has plenty of stuff. So, I mean, it was one thing for them to sell all of Vinny's stuff at Buttersfields or to sell the Asylum costumes because there's only like five people who would actually pay to go see those. So you might as well sell them. So you can be sure <laughs> that Gene kept stuff back, Paul kept stuff back, and Tommy and Eric, uh, who knows? I mean, I bet they've kept stuff uh, that's not mm -hmm. in the, the warehouse, but uh, whether they'd let it out of their hands, knowing that sometime down the road it may come in handy for them to be uh, auctioning as well. Yeah. You know, that's, you... Interesting. that's interesting what you said, Julian, about the traveling museum. Um, I think that's interesting speculation because... If you think of, you know, when 
they've they've already announced for the cruises coming year that they're not going to do the pictures, that they're not going to stand there in those boots and do those pictures because I think it's hard on them just to stand there for that extra duration of time um, while people come across and do these pictures. Like even last year on the cruise, people were complaining that they weren't wearing the boots for um, a lot of the sessions because I think it's you know let's think about it they're they're in their late. 60s they're, they're pushing seven years old standing there in those boots for that added duration of time is just more wear and tear on their bodies and if we're going to be going out on tour and doing this huge tour you know maybe that's the less wear and tear on our bodies if we don't have to stand there and do these meet and greets but at the same time it's kiss and well i'm not you know i don't think they're really ready to just say well you know we're not going to get that extra revenue when we go out on tour so what's another revenue stream that we can generate when we go out on tour i think that's a really interesting concept um and something that would that would probably work too um because I, I think you're right i think the acoustic shows have kind of run their course but i think the same but on the other side of it though too i think people would love to meet the band one more time as well that oh, i saw you know i got to meet them on the farewell tour i think there is a revenue stream but i like the idea of that's traveling museum i think that's that's very interesting maybe maybe very doable yeah, but I don't necessarily mean that it replaces the meet and greet. I think it replaces aspects of the meet and greet. Maybe, yeah. Because, Maybe do that in the afternoon instead of the acoustic show. Yeah, particularly the acoustic show. Uh, again, that's the part that I really feel is no longer um, necessarily a good value or a smart thing to be doing. If you think back to some of the performances that we've had that Regine's actually quit, Paul, save your voice, you know, it, it really is a situation that if they're going out on the road that they may now need to think about for all of them, saving their energies for the actual show. Um, regardless, I, I know the, the one we did in, uh, there I go, I'm speaking third person now. The one I did in <laughs> Reno last year was before the show, but some have been after. But, uh, you know, if, just imagine if that one before was just, say, uh, meeting the band. So you, they're, they're, instead, have them sitting, and you're just cattle called down the line with your stuff. Here, Gene, sign this, you know, and then, boom, you're out, you're done. That's a lot easier on them rather than having them walk down the line, them stay on their feet, them on their feet to perform. I mean, Eric and Tommy, you know, they're non-issues. I mean, Eric, come on, give him... Don't give him any caffeine. The guy can just go and go and go. He's a mighty mouse. Um, Tommy just, you know, he's he's there. He does things. He just has a very, um, you know, relaxed demeanor. Just goes through it. Gene and Paul have to carry a bit more weight on their shoulders as, you know, the principles of Kiss. So, you know, who, who the hell knows? I mean, I, I think it'd be interesting to have that museum piece if logistically intelligent so that kind of uh what are the venues is it going to be something in the town is it something that can be in a function place uh with enough room but i i, I think i'd like to see it i mean come on this is like convention 95 part two you know mm -hmm. maybe that performance downstairs is now with the kiss tribute band so I, i'm yeah. really it, you know it made me start thinking are they gonna do redo the conventions and tie it in with the tour so that it becomes like a, a weekend event you have a less strenuous um schedule on the road because they can't do multiple nights in a row or should not be perhaps that mm -hmm. you've got a two-day stand in the city and day one is the concert day two is the tour uh, or the uh pardon me the museum and the tribute yeah. band and the the meet and greet so who, who the hell knows i mean yeah, let, let's see what happens so getting back to lonnie's original question of you know why is paul doing this well i don't think nostalgia generates money yeah 
Yeah, I, I, yeah. Like Julian said, Paul's a very driven person, and I don't see Paul doing a whole lot of things in general, whether it be kiss related or not. I don't see Paul spending a whole lot of time on things without a purpose or something that isn't going to make him money or something that isn't um, going to help him build a strong relationship with his family or something like that. I think Paul has a purpose behind most everything that he does and just isn't just the old man digging through his basement. Oh, look what I found, honey. You know, I, I don't see that in him and him at all. I, I think Paul is very focused and, and, and um, like Julian said, he lives to win. He's not just, rummaging around for stuff like there, there's a there's a purpose for anything that he's doing yeah. the star child rummaging <laughs> <laughs> rummaging in his basement that does not that does not compute all right let's move on to one of your other other things uh that, that you were talking about um unless mark has brought a question or something to think about well today. actually i i do actually and excellent uh, i i know this might be a little bit of a touchy subject to discuss but when we kind of touched base on this a little bit already here, the two upcoming tour 2019. Now, I have a few things that I want to talk about in terms of this. Now, there's been no activity with the band as far as live-wise right now, and I think that's good, especially if they're planning to do something like this, because, of course, you know where I'm going to lead with this. I'm very concerned about Mr. Stanley and how he's going to hold up on a supposedly very long tour that Gene keeps hinting they're going to be doing. Now, I'm going to run this by you guys and the KISS people out there who are watching. Now, please don't egg me, okay? I just want to know your opinion on this. Is I'm almost starting to get a bit of a bad feeling that we could possibly see this tour for the very first time a tour in which backing tracks are used for Mr. Paul Stanley. Do you think that this could be a possibility this time around? Because let's put it this way. They need this tour to do well. They need this tour to last for a, a while, I'm guessing, because Gene keeps hinting it's going to be long. He barely made it through the tours that happened last time. Okay. Now, unless he's been sitting at home now for the last couple of months and not saying very much and, you know, keeping his voice, you know, well kept and, trying to heal it better or to heal his voice up a bit better. I'm a little concerned about if a two or three year tour is going to be good for him or if he's going to even survive singing that long a tour. So I'm guessing, and I want your guys' opinion, do you think it's possible that we could have a backing track tour this time for Paul? Okay. Can. <laughs> I think it's, well, I think it's possible. Um, yeah, because uh, I, I I don't see his voice getting any better, um, mm -hmm. um, and uh, they may have maybe Eric turned up <laughs> higher on the vocals, uh, which even is more possible so. too, uh, and maybe even <laughs> Tommy, um, uh, and maybe you know Gene will have a few more songs on the set list than Paul. Um, or, you know, I don't know if it's about 50-50 right now or what it's been, but I I would maybe have Gene, you know, sing a few more than Paul so he doesn't have to sing a heavy load. Um, so backing tracks, yeah, it's a possibility, I think, but 
they may just turn up the vocals for you know the background and uh, sing along with him. Maybe Eric. But he's the but he's the he's the spotlight. He's the main guy. They're gonna I be looking at him. They're not gonna be wanting to hear Eric sing this. They want to see him sing it. And you know how Kiss fans are. Every little minor squawk or whatever that he does, they're on it. So, I mean, he was having a hard time just talking to the audience at one point in the tour. So I'm very concerned about this and thinking that, you know, listen, other bands have done it. And, you know, I've seen it firsthand on very many YouTube things where I've seen people that are not even hiding it anymore, where, you know, they're coming to microphones late and vocals are starting and stuff like that. So it's not something that's totally new or taboo anymore. Lots of bands are doing it. Will they be one to do it? Well, Here, uh, here's just before. Sorry, Ken. Go ahead. So, sorry, just before you guys make your comments on it, I'm gonna have a, I have something that actually I was thinking about as a topic that ties in with yours, Mark. So mm-hmm. uh, let's see what Julian and uh, Lonnie have to say about the backing tracks. All right, I've just been obviously I'm finishing work on a Def Leppard thing at the moment, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking that Paul Stanley as the Rick Allen of vocalists might well be feasible that there is a way to technologically augment him in a way that doesn't rely wholly on backing tracks per se Mm -hmm. so that gene continue to say that there ain't no backing tracks here that what what you see is what we play that there there must be the technological ability when, especially when you think about autotune and the function that mm-hmm. that plays mm-hmm. to intercept Paul's vocals mm-hmm. where he does have challenges. And I don't want to call it issues. I don't want to denigrate him in any way because it, it just is what it is. It's not yeah. something that he has control of. It's something that I respect mm-hmm. how they've tried to manage over the past, you know, particularly five years. Um, but I think there's been a certain amount of experimentation that the band has been doing behind the scenes, especially um, in terms of the live presentation and coping with the issue. And that's why some shows have been absolutely dire. And there's no way to say anything other than that in terms of vocal um, perception. And others have been passable. When you look at you know, Kiss Rocks Vegas... Having been there in person, I know that it was mm-hmm. a very passable and very acceptable performance. That, of course, is my opinion. You can take it or leave it. You can agree or disagree. Um, there have been other shows that I've listened to, particularly from 2017 in Europe, that I have not thought that it has worked as well. And, of course, that's three years separated, so time mm-hmm. continues to march on as you know, regardless of what they do. So getting back to your question of backing tapes, I think that they need to do something without actually being able to use the phrase we're using backing tapes. Um, Bringing Eric up in the mix, he doesn't have the right voice. He's already doing a great job supporting both Gene and Paul vocally. He's just, you know, incredible what Eric does. Tommy is contributing and helping out in that regards as well. But it's still Paul Stanley's voice that people do want to hear. Um, so I think we're going to see something very interesting in July. The band has a run of what, five or six dates in, uh, Spain and Portugal. And that is it for the year other than the cruise for what Paul Stanley's activities are going to be. Therefore, I think pay very close attention to those shows. Um, if you're going to be attending them and you've got recording gear and you've been sitting on your ass and not taping shows for the last few years, put your fucking phone away, get your proper gear out and tape them properly. Because I think if they are going to do anything 
like that, that it's going to have to be evident in a real live situation like these shows that are coming up. It's not going to be something that they would just be able to prepare for in a hangar, um, mm-hmm. you know, during rehearsals before going out on tour. They would have to have faith that whatever they're doing. And maybe there's just nothing that can be done. So what you see is simply going to be what you get and your last memories are going to be of however you perceive the, you know, the sound to be that day. Mm-hmm. 2019 through however long but uh, mm-hmm. you know you, you can be sure that if there are commercials or if there's tv stuff that it's going to sound spot on just as it should yeah so people aren't going to know until they get there and then it's all in the eye of, it's all in the ear of the beholder once you do get there mm-hmm. so yeah. good point Lonnie. yeah that's interesting because that leads us leads us into what the other thing i want to talk about today and that was kiss getting ready to play some shows in july what do you think? What do you guys think the stage is going to look like? What do you think the band's going to be wearing? Do you think they're going to be stick with the Creatures Tour outfits at least for now? And what do you think they'll play? Um, going back to what we were talking about earlier, will will there be less Paul Stanley? Will there be the minimum number of Paul Stanley songs that like you have to have at a Kiss show? Love Gun, Detroit Rock City, and Look it up. I don't know. And, you know, try to, you know, obviously there might be more Paul Sienna songs than just three, but just try to divide out um, the lyrical load, so to speak, onto the other members. Gene's been doing a lot of cool stuff with the solo band. Will we hear more Gene? Um, Will we hear Tommy sing more than one song at a show? I don't know. You know, maybe these are things that. It would be a preview of next year that maybe they'll have Tommy do more than one song vocally so that we can lengthen the set without putting strength strain on Paul Stanley. I don't know. Oh my god, that would make longer solo. That would make some people's heads explode. Therefore, I know. Just do it. Just do it. Let's get rid of those people. (laughs) (laughs) Make Julian's job as the admin a little easier if that happens. Oh, that's never going to happen. But thank you for the compliment, Slotty. Well, I'll, I'll I'll say this, and I mean, I'm sure Ken wants to jump in too, so I'll make it short. Um, I, I I really think that whatever they decide to do for a set list, there's no question that whatever they do that first or second night, that's going to be what they're doing the whole tour. This is not a band that changes it up, you know, during tour like other touring bands do, where they sometimes play different set lists almost every night. That the Kiss is not a band that does that, especially in the condition that they are now, right? So whatever they choose, let's hope they put in some new, you know, songs that we haven't heard, maybe because of Gene playing some of this stuff, maybe we'll get to hear some different Gene songs on this tour. That would be cool, right? Um, I still think that Paul will stick with what he's decent at still. I think that would be the wisest move to do is to just stick with what he's strong with and not try to experiment too much unless there is something in his back catalog that is easier for him to sing. And I can't imagine what that could be. But, you know, that's one thing. Um, as far as the stage goes, I speaking from me, I am praying that something different gets done. I mean, I know this, this has been a topic on the board for a long, long time where people have been saying that it's been like donkey's years since Kiss have actually come out with a different, complete different stage. Maybe the spider was the last real attempt at something completely different. Um, but, you know, who know, who knows? I mean, I'm hoping that something different comes up. But what do you think, Ken? Well, 
it's it's just July, basically. Um, I'm expecting really a generic. It's part of kind of a festival, aren't these shows? But like I think that? I think so, he's talking about though for the other tour too, right? No, I, was well, talking, I was talking about for July. I was. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, for I July, was, I was just okay. I was just thinking July for right now. Yeah. Okay. For, um, for for July, well, plenty of time I, to speculate. On I expect story. since it's you know it's gonna again just use what they get basically at these festivals. I don't see a lot of frills, extra frills other than their, you know, flames. I don't know if they're going to even have, uh, you know, their cherry pickers. Who knows about that? Um, so I don't see much there. As for, you know, their outfits, it probably be, you know, it might still be creatures. Um, but once they start their 2019 tour, I, I would hope that they're changed the costumes to something I would like to see something new. If they're saying this is going to be their biggest tour, it's going to be, I know, I was going to say it's going to be a huge tour. <laughs> For that, huge thing. Huge uh, production. You know, well, let's really go all out on it. And, um, and maybe, you know, if it's the end of the road tour, that they celebrate the, the history of Kiss and, and have a, a good sampling of their history and songs. Um, not just the hits as what they call them, um, some other songs. And, and if Paul's going to sing certain songs, then maybe, you know, pick the lower register stuff where he's not having to, you know, reach his higher keys. You know, not, I was made for loving you, you know, scratch it. Um, other songs that he, he sings in a higher, you know, whatever uh, register. Keep it to something simple where he can, you know, take it easy on his vocals and doesn't have to scream it out. Um, I think that's mostly the case for a lot of the older songs when they first started out. You know, he could do that. So anyway, uh, so I don't know. As for stage again, Mark, I don't think they're not going to do much uh, with with it. I think they're just saving it for their supposed... (laughs) big huge tour that they're gonna go off on starting next year yeah well that's that's what i was kind of almost hinting at. i didn't realize we we're talking about just these upcoming shows but sure, even so. the even the 2019 i'm really hoping they will go out of their way to make it something completely different because they've always promised that before and then it's always some sort of wall of amps and then screens in the back <laughs> oh, no you know? these have screens on them these are different it's a new stage <laughs> you just have to say that with nigel's voice and uh, these are working amps th- these go to 11 11 <laughs> no no so no yeah. no no this is all new <laughs> you know they they're in spain for what 10 days there's a there's a week's worth of shows five shows seven days spain and portugal um i I expect the stage to be basic. I expect it to be easy. That one of them is a festival, so that there is no staging yeah. as such mm-hmm. that I'd be expecting from them. Um, I, I expect it to be video screens, the usual, the same old, same, same shit, different country, um, because there's no economic reason to invest in anything, um, especially with, if they've got a world tour starting six months down the road or however long. There's no reason for them to have that stuff, pay for it to be shipped. So I expect it to be you hauled in from the various locations in Europe, uh, whatever was the cheapest that they could throw together, you know, for their needs. So, you know, from, from that perspective, um, 
song-wise, I expect it to be the same shit again. You know, it, I don't see anything spectacularly <laughs> different. Would I like to see them do something different? Yeah, I like the idea. Um, Tommy singing two songs. You know, if Ace ain't going to do it, well, why not have Tommy do Talk To Me? You know, Unmasked was big in Europe. Um, you know, yeah. why not mm -hmm. have Gene bring in She's So European because that got such a good response on his solo tour. And that's two more songs out of the set to give Paul more of a rest. But in, in terms of what do I expect, I expect it to be 16 or less songs, maybe 14. Uh, I would mm -hmm. not be surprised if we're down to 14, mm -hmm. 15 now. Um, for these, unless they're adding in more for Tommy and Gene, as has been rightfully suggested. So, same costumes, minimal effort. There's no, again, it's all economics. There's no reason to make a ton of investment in stuff if it's not going to be used next year. And there's no reason to do, to give anything away at this point for next year. <laughs> at this point. So, it, I, I just don't understand why they're doing these. Why are they just doing five shows in Spain and Portugal and nothing else? <laughs> no, the money can't be that no, great. Could it, could it be what you were talking about before, maybe? Are they maybe experimenting with some things that could tie into the next tour? Are they maybe using this as a sort of trial and error thing somewhere off in, you know, Spain? I mean, I know, I know that Spain's not out of the way or something, but, you know, somewhere where they might, you know, have a little bit more of a lenient audience where they can try stuff. Yeah, and they, you know, they've not been back, I think, to Spain in a while, so who knows? I mean, um, it, it, it's just weird. I mean, I, I do look forward to seeing and hearing some of the shows, and I wonder if Spain... Spain has done a custom release before, uh, uh, best of Lo Mejo de Kiss, uh, mm. a few years ago, yeah. if they're going to do anything in conjunction, but I guess time's just about up for that, so... Uh, um, I still think it's the money. <laughs> Well, of course, um, it's uh, the money at the root of well, it. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. buckets uh, full uh, versus dumpsters full. We'll be able to tell. It'll be interesting. We'll be able to tell if they are trying maybe some things, Mark. Uh, whether they're doing some back out. We, we'll the Kiss fans are gonna we'll know be right able away. to tell. Yep, they're gonna be able to tell. Oh, wait a minute, something's going on here. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. There's that. someone right now who's getting a notebook out who's ready to count how many times Eric hits the symbols <laughs> in Detroit Rock. Oh, yes. And they'll post it on the FAQ. And yeah, that was yeah. different. God bless them. I mean, uh, you know, KISS fans are awesome. They pay attention to every possible part of their KISS experience. And some you agree with and some you shake your head at. But, you know, bless them anyway because... We're, we're really special. <laughs> That's for sure. So if, if we're if we're done with that topic, I, I had one topic. That Go ahead. Brought. And it's, it's kind of a question topic um, or hypothetical. Um, so with tying into the, this other stuff about them touring and then Paul's, you know, vocals. Um, <laughs> what if. Gene had the same vocal problems that Paul had or is having right now. If he had the same, and he he couldn't do it the same uh, anymore either, um, would you still be going to the show if both of them couldn't sing? You know, well, up Paul, to the Paul standard would have of our, Gene, what we're so. used to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he probably would have. Yeah, you're yeah, not pulling your weight yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. So. 
you know, and as the thing Spiro is, Spiro put on the mic. <clears throat> maybe yeah. get it, get to them, and maybe this last end of the road thing will be the last ones, maybe before before Gene's voice goes, and maybe it ne- it'll never go. Some people can sing forever, um, just mm-hmm. about. Um, but in the case of Gene, I, I don't, you know, I, if it was at Paul Stanley's level and Gene's is at that level too, I don't know if I'd go. I really don't know if I could go. It, it would kind of depress me, I think, too much. Because uh, after seeing them in their heyday and, and uh, how they how they were, um, I can go just for the show, but I don't know if I could do it. It'd be um, rough, that's for sure. Come on, the band's been around so long now that half the audience has colostomy bags or Zimmer frames. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're, we're, I don't think as an audience we're doing any better than the band are. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah. it, it, but, if Gene, no. it, but if Gene had you know issues as well, I would still go. Because, again, if it's going to be the end, if this really is going to be the last time, then I want to be in that audience either fist like raised or fingers up. You know, it, which one is it? It's goodbye and good riddance or... Thank you. You know, one one of the mm-hmm. two. I mean, it doesn't matter which, as, as long as you paid for a ticket and you're there. You know, if you want to show up to flip them off and say good riddance, well, yeah, they'll take they'll take your money. I would <laughs> I would actually want to be there regardless, for better or worse. If it's the end of the road, I want to be there uh, to stand one last time I, in front I of agree. the altar of the mighty Kiss. I agree. I think I'd have to see him regard. It'd be rough, like I said. It'd be rough if that were the case, but I think I'd have to see him at least in my home city one more time if they came through. It'd be, it'd be tough to sit at home that night knowing that, that they were in town. You know, if, if that were the case, I wouldn't say, yeah, maybe I wouldn't say let's travel to go see him as well as see one show in town. You know, maybe I'd catch the one show here and say my goodbye to the band as a live performing act. But it would be rough if that, if that was the case. But I don't think I could sit. I think I don't think I could sit at home that night. Actually, the last time they came through St. Louis, um, my brother and I were supposed to see him in his company's um, suite, and at the last minute, tickets fell through, and it's like one o'clock, and he's like, "Yeah, dude, I'm sorry. Somebody higher up than me than me grabbed him. I didn't think it'd be an issue, but you know, they they grabbed the tickets. I don't, we don't have tickets for tonight, and I'm devastated." It was a Thursday night, and college football was getting ready to start. He goes, don't worry about it. You know, let's just go watch college football tonight somewhere, and you and I hang out. And I'm like, I can't do it, not not with them in town. And, and this was 14 on the Def Leppard, and they're touring with Def Leppard. And Paul didn't sound that great four years ago when they were touring with Def Leppard. So, and it, I, I, I couldn't I don't, I couldn't have sat there and had a good time with him watching college football, knowing that. Kiss was playing 10 miles away and I wasn't in the audience. So, of course, I called Joe Adele and, and we swindled some good tickets. And <laughs> we, had, we had a good time. <laughs> good old Joe. I mean, you know, I, always I, comes through. I skipped 2014 for exactly that reason because I couldn't handle going to see two bands I love. I mean, Kiss and Def Leppard, which to me is, you know, one of my personal best possible combinations of a co headlining gig because of my love of both bands. I mean, damn it, I've done books on both. Um, mm-hmm. But I could not bear to see Joe, who at that point was struggling and hadn't really re- redefined his vocal style at the same time mm-hmm. as Paul. 
you know, I can stand to see two vocalists who've been such an important part of my life. I couldn't handle it. So I was like, I'm not going. And I actually skipped it. I had tickets, I, I think, and just didn't hmm. go. So I bought, I gave them wow. my money, but just opted to stay home. You know, but here's what I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to, obviously, all of us are going to get to hear some of the shows before we get the option to uh, go in our own town, except unless you go to sure. the first gig, which, depending on where it is, I may try and go to just because it is the first. But you can go to a show, and instead of wearing earplugs, which I always do, Maybe I'll have my iPod earbuds in and listen to Kiss Alive while they're playing. You know, that's got to be <laughs> that is one way to solve the problem. Or for those of you who prefer, that you might can be put the backing track. Alive too, and <laughs> maybe just get the visuals and sit there and wallow in. You know, or pick your favorite bootleg and just put it on, stuff your ears, and then you're in the audience at a Kiss show. You're getting the thumps from the bass. You're getting the heat from the pyro, and you're not subjecting yourself to anything. Uh, uh, you know, or, or maybe Paul's next thing is going to be instead of Psycho Circus 3D, come on out, put on your glasses. Hey, put on your headphones. You know, <laughs> you pump in some. Yeah, they'll, they'll hand, everybody, yeah, like the movie theaters, they can hand out Kiss headphones and then pump it in to make it all sound better. Like, but it's all synchronized with the, the show they're doing, so it fixes it. By the way, if they do any of the shit, Plus you don't have to go deaf. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean for me too i i think that uh if it's the last tour i would definitely go and see it i mean you know i also saw them when uh paul was starting to get a little bit shaky there the last time i saw them was uh motley crew kiss when they mm -hmm. came around and yeah. before they came to toronto they were there was not too many great things said about Vince Neil's vocals, but the funny thing was he had remember he had injured his foot, right, and he had a cast on mm. during that tour, and one of the funniest things that happened because of that the one of the shows that they that he did play was Toronto. There was rumor that they were going to cancel because he had the cast, but they said no. They came and they played, and Vince Neil did one of his best vocal performances I ever heard, and in, because. He was stationary. He wasn't moving anywhere during that show. He had to stay. And that's what I think kills Vince is because as soon as he starts moving, he's all, you know, Not word, one word winded. here, one word there. Yeah. And he, he he's all over the place with his vocals. And, and there was even in the newspaper, he said that Vince Neil put on probably one of his best vocal performances in the last 10 years that night because he was just standing there and concentrating on singing. So it was a good, really good crew show. And, you know, the Kiss show wasn't that bad either, but you know, there was already signs of that happening then. You know, the thought of Gene having the same sort of problem would be really heartbreaking because I think right now Gene's really carrying the ball as far as the live vocal performance right now. And if that were to happen to Gene, I'd, it would be it would be really disheartening, I think. But I, I think that he's tough. I think that he doesn't overstretch himself too much. I think that's the difference between Paul and him is he doesn't try to do any vocal acrobatics too much. Mm -hmm. So he's kept his voice pretty decent, I think. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go see them regardless. And I'm very sure they'll obviously make a Toronto stop on the final tour. Gene also barely moves on stage, don't forget. Yeah. So, you know, Paul is still yeah, getting anymore. down and sitting on the edge of the stage, getting up and, you know, shaking his ass and doing all the stuff that kind of distracts. So, I mean, I wonder if Paul could maybe stand still a, a bit. Well, you know, people then complain. So it's a no-win for them. <laughs> no, they, I mean, they don't move like they 
they used to at all. Of course, they're pretty stationary now anyway. Um, maybe you talk about the backing tracks, Mark, is you could pump, you could have a guy pushing the button for the stage raps, you know, in between the songs. <laughs> Push a button, stage rap numbers, you know, whatever, you know, about whatever, the doctor's appointment. Doctor's appointment. The doctor appointment button. (laughs) But I'm telling you, everybody kind of, whenever I've heard this before, talked about it before, people always kind of shake their head about it. But I'm telling you, and I really wish I had a camera back then, I've seen this happen long before on the Osmosis tour. Ozzy Osbourne had a touring vocalist with him. It was Oni Logan, the guy who sings for Lynch Mob. And he... He sang off stage with a monitor and a stand. I saw it in my own eyes. He sang with Ozzy, and they just went in between those two. Whenever Ozzy was struggling, they pumped Oni in, and nobody was none the wiser. And Ozzy sounded fantastic. It was one of the very first times he was able to sing Sabbath Bloody Sab without cracking because he didn't sing a word of it. I don't know. There you go. The problem is no one sounds, this sounds like Paul Stanley. That's my problem. Yeah. Yeah. And, and does Paul's, you know, come on, Paul's ego. Paul is. Oh yeah, come on. Yeah, Paul, there, Paul is Paul. As well. Star Child does not have Get someone singing off stage for him, or maybe, or maybe he does. I mean, who, who the hell knows? I mean, Paul's also maybe a realist. That's how they audition uh, the replacement for Paul. You know, they bring a guy in and see how he does. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> and it could be like William Hung. Rich? Get Rich there. <laughs> what Rich Cossack? Yeah, he looks the part. It looks the part. I'll give him that for sure. Jesus, those pictures of him in Indy, freaking hell! All right, let's move into I think the, your your last one uh, that you brought to the table, Lonnie. Outside. Last one was outside of the music, which is the first piece of Kiss memorabilia you ever purchased? Mm-hmm. What's your and in the same vein? What's your favorite Kiss piece of memorabilia that you own? Mm-hmm. See, who, 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 well, everyone's kind of like their tongues are coming outside their house. Yeah. So I'll go first while you guys are. Yeah, go ahead. So I can easily say that the first piece of Kiss memorabilia I owned that wasn't music related was a Kiss T-shirt, and I think mm-hmm. for a lot of people that may be that may be the case as well. Um, my brother brought me back a Revenge. I love your Vinny Creature shirt, by the way. Um, that, that, brought... that looks better than that fucking stupid album cover. That, the fake one from Brazil. That t-shirt looks excellent. That actually looks really cool. Yeah. I take it that's an officially licensed product. Bootleg. Oh, yeah. gosh, yeah. Oh, yeah, real official. Un- Uncle Gene would not approve. No, he would not take his picture with you if you had that on. <laughs> Julian knows. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah, but since it was only Paul on mine, I was okay. <laughs> so yeah I, I i think my the first piece of kiss memorabilia i owned was a kiss t-shirt mm-hmm. that my brother bought brought back from the revenge show that i didn't see um he gave it to me for christmas because he felt bad i wasn't able to go and i guess my favorite piece of kiss memorabilia that i own it's tough but I guess my favorite one is my my box set from 2001 mm. that is now signed by every living member. Congratulations, so, by the way. Thanks. Joe was right around the corner from you. And you didn't did you didn't even go see Peter Chris in Toronto, did you? No. 
I mean, I thought about it, but you know, honestly, I'm. I like Peter, but I'm not. I'm. I'm not. A, I'm not a like an autograph seeker personally. Mm-hmm. So I mean, what would I know that that would be a great opportunity for somebody who does go for autographs? But I'm. I'm not one of those people. Now, if you want to know what my first one is, and I've showed this a hundred thousand times, I think, on this show. But this literally is my first non-musical piece of Kiss merchandise. Mm. The incense burner. There you put, and it comes out of Gene's mouth. There comes out of Gene's mouth. I got one of those. Yeah, that was my first thing I ever got. That was non-musical. That was a long time ago. I got that, and honestly, my favorite piece. And this is nothing special or spectacular, but for some reason, every time I've had like a little recording room or something, I've always made sure I've had this with me in my room. And this is my favorite Paul Stanley figure. Oh yeah, the, the McFarlane. McFarlane yeah. alive. Live. I, I, yeah. I love this guy and I always have him on my shelf and his eyes he's always with an eye view whenever I'm recording. Just inspiration from the man himself, you know. Okay. So Mark, so that's your two things, right? Yeah. All right. First thing, uh <clears throat> it's really hard for me. It could have been a t shirt, but I don't think so. I think it was either it was either the Kiss, the Kiss Mego dolls, mm. or or the Kiss trash can. Oh, or really? Those, those two were I know very early. Uh, then I got the Kiss lunchbox from a girlfriend at the time. I think it was a birthday gift at the time, around back then. But um, I, I'm pretty sure that you know it could have been a belt buckle too. But I'm pretty sure it's the Mego dolls. Was probably the first thing I got. Um, and then followed by, like I said, trash can, and then I had the classic guitar, um, also, which is somewhere here. Um, so that's it. So the uh, my favorite, Eek. That's 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 hard uh, to to choose a favorite. I mean, one of my favorite things is my my Gene Simmons pick from the Creatures of the Night tour. Um, I just always like that from the show I went to in San Francisco. That one. Um, uh, otherwise, I, I don't know. I, I got so many little things. It's, they're kind of all my, my favorites. It doesn't, anyway, it, do, yeah. it doesn't have to be expensive to be your favorite. I mean, that's the thing I don't understand no. why people put a monetary value my, on No, absolutely not. You know? Yeah, my, my, uh, the pick is not expensive. I didn't buy it, but yeah. it's a, it's, it's a memento. Yeah. Yeah. Of the, of the period. So I guess that would be it for now. All right, this is tough. How about you, Julian? You know, I'm I'm thinking probably the first non-musical piece of memorabilia I ever had must have been obtained at a, at a fair, I'd say at Utica, uh, you know, upstate New York, one of the summer fairs where you'd go. And they'd often have, like, little prizes or shit you could buy, those 8x8 eight eight mirrors, which would have, mm-hmm. you know, stuff from bands printed on them. And I distinctly yeah. remember having an animalized one, because, you know, obviously when I became a fan, it was 85 oh, sure. So yeah. Yeah, that stuff would have still been in circulation. So it was the back cover photo. Um, and I actually was hopping on eBay to see if I was actually imagining that shit. And nope, they did exist. Um, so I'm thinking something like that, or maybe 
the little trinket like kiss gold logo necklaces which by that point were mm-hmm. being made by everyone with basically metal clippers and some of them were pretty shitty quality and mine was always bending i mean it ended up just looking like k with one s because one of them fell off kept getting bent so something like that what is my favorite piece of kiss memorabilia i think it's got to be what's behind me on the wall which oh, is, nice which is the reprint poster uh of the first promo signed by the original four that's something i can't mm-hmm. imagine myself parting with it's something i've only had you know completed since last year or even started getting you know um i've sold so much of my other stuff that i could never call it my favorite memorabilia because i just don't see myself parting with that as much as everything else that i have may go because i just am unloading all that uh, physical burden that will not go it's just uh, as much as it, it doesn't include Tommy or Bruce or Vinny or Eric um, it, it's all about the foundation of the band um, and it's not an insult to those guys who weren't it's all about Gene, Ace, Paul and Peter who without him we have no band So, I have a question though for you guys speaking of memorabilia is there anything out there that you regret not getting as far as memorabilia? What would be the biggest one? What's your big number one? Regrets, I've got a few, and again, too few to mention. Yeah, we've gone over that, and the one that, for me, was uh, buying the original Kiss Pinball Machine for $500 I could have got it for, so. That's mine, too, is a Kiss Pinball Machine for, like, $1,300. Still want to get one someday, hopefully. I walked away from it. It was stupid. Yeah, if I it's think funny, of any of the options that I've missed out on eBay or, you know, at Butterfields or at uh, mm. backstage auctions being, you know, some of the best places, yeah, you know, there's stuff I regret missing out on. But uh, n- not to the point of, I, I don't think I can actually keep track of a lot of the stuff that I've missed out on. There's you know, <laughs> someone fucking sniped me on a Singapore cassette tape of Hot in the Shade recently. That one really pissed me off because I wanted to replace my copy. You know, you <laughs> bastard. Son of a bitch. It wasn't me. Yeah. You, know, you know, it's funny because you guys have both mentioned uh, the pinball machine. And one of my friends, his father works for a company that takes care of arcade games and refurbishes them and puts them in. And I actually got offered for really low, like under a thousand bucks for the new one because he had a couple of them. New that one? came in, yeah, because he, he for it under was, a thousand, yeah, for under a thousand because he owns the company. My my friend's father, right? And he told me, he goes, listen, Mark. He goes, if you want it, we only have two left, and I'll give it to you for really, really cheap because it's you know your friend is a family. But I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I, I've number one, I don't have any room thing. for it, you know, and that really bu- bugs me because I would have loved to have had that. It's a know? great machine. Yeah. The free shipping. Uh, yeah, he would have. He would have brought it to me in this truck. Ship it to California. Ship it to Concord. <laughs> Can he send it to my summer home in Concord, California? <laughs> yeah, that's where I like to summer. It's in Hilarious. All right. Well, that's a, that's a good bunch of little discussions, you know, rather than trying to stretch out a full episode today. I, I think that kind of worked out very badly, except for Ken's overuse of the emojis. <laughs> you know, that's a new feature of Skype. So I can't even see where those buttons are coming from, so, you know. Nor, nor are you really looking for them, probably. <laughs> we're, we're, I'm looking for a button here. but To uh, change them, though, something better. 
All right. So I, you know, I think that's a good long episode for today. So, you know, on all the questions that uh, we've kind of addressed, you know, what are your thoughts on those? You know, what is Paul up to? Is it, is it a hit on Gene? I mean, what is Paul really doing? You know, and what do you think about the shows in July? You know, what do you want to see in the stage? What do you think the stage will actually look like? No, forget what you want. What do you think? Will they change up their costumes? Unlikely. Will they change up their sets? And, uh, and it'd be a great thing to hear from everyone who's a regular listener or watcher of this show. You know, what was your first piece of Kiss memorabilia that you purchased? Non-musical, because that's always a good one. And uh, what is your favorite, your current favorite piece of uh, memorabilia? So whether you watch us on YouTube, listen to us on iTunes or Spreaker or directly from the website, you know, chime in and let us know some of your thoughts on those topics. But for now, from Lonnie, from Ken, from Paul Stanley dancing in Toronto, and myself, thank you for listening and watching, and we shall see you next time. Bye now. Thank you for spending time listening to the Kiss FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the Kiss FAQ message board and discuss the topic we broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again. Thank you.